0: When I had the divorce, I had a choice. Either I'm going to lay down and die or I'm going to make this happen for me. When I had the divorce, I was slowly losing the weight, but I wasn't healthy. I wasn't doing it healthy. My mindset wasn't there where I was thinking, I really love myself. Like I was still in that mindset of I'm just going to lose weight and I wasn't really working on my mind and it wasn't until I the divorce where I felt like I need to take care of myself because I need to be here for this child as long as I can. And that is when everything's just started coming into play.
1: Support Force and Stories is brought to you by Kim The Colouring Book Coach. Did you know that you can heal your heart and more through Colouring and the other fun services Kim offers as a Reiki healer and intuitive? Visit thecolouringbookcoach.com now for your free colouring book and save 15% off any service when you use the code SlimmingStories15 in the booking notes when you make your appointment at thecolouringbookcoach.com. That's SlimmingStories15 in the booking notes. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Slimming Stories. I'm your host Claire Olden West. I hope this week has served you well. I hope you're you're okay where you are and where you're listening to and I know that we've got some challenges around the corner and I'm not going to mention the dreaded c word but I think we're all in a place where we're kind of feeling what do we need to do what what can we do just to help motivate and inspire us during this really weird and strange time so I thought I would bring on Lisa for today's episode Lisa is a guest all the way from New York and she has her own podcast called Not Your Average Mother Runner. Now, although this podcast is geared around women and running, whoever listens to this podcast episode will truly find inspiration in that Lisa went all through her young years, 20s and 30s, just feeling quite down about her own self-image and it wasn't until she found herself going through a divorce that she recognised that she felt a bit lost And she didn't even know how to answer a therapist when a therapist asked her, you know, what are your interests? What do you enjoy doing? Because Lisa just kind of lost herself. And Lisa decided just to get back into running. And Lisa recognised that if she herself wasn't in a good place, that she would have no energy to give back to her family and a young daughter. And also that she wanted to be the, the best version of herself to you know, look after a daughter and and be in prime fitness and health. This episode doesn't really focus around weight loss and the number on scales. This is more about going back to basics and look at the food that she was eating, looking at nurturing herself both both physically and mentally and to get herself in, in a good place to be able to be the best mum that she could. I do know that this episode will inspire many because I think we've all been there, haven't we? Whether we're mothers or carers, we've all found ourselves at some point in time where we've just kind of felt a bit lost and we needed a bit of, of motivation and, and the mojo was clearly out the window. So I do know that with the change that's happening in the UK at the moment and all around the world, that we need something just to to gain insight and inspiration from. And I do know that Lisa is full of inspiration if you're on Instagram, you can find Lisa on Not Your Average Mother Runner, so please go out and check her page and give her some support. And yep, yeah, she's on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And yeah, I hope you enjoy today's episode. And don't take on board all of the negativity. don't Don't just be a sponge for it all. I know it's really hard and it's hard not to listen to the news and everything that's going on. And I think we just need to take a sensible approach and do what we can to protect ourselves but also fill your cup you know don't just take in the negativity do something to nurture yourself to to give yourself something to equip yourself with for the week ahead otherwise you know we are all just run out our batches will be flat and we will be no use to anybody and I know that Lisa will really help to inspire you and just to to help give you a different edge on your week just to help you look at things differently so is introducing lisa to slimming stories enjoy welcome lisa to slimming stories how are you i'm
0: good claire i'm so excited to be here this is my first time
1: your first time <laughs> your first time as yeah. a guest wow. yes yeah so how, how does it feel because you're normally the one doing the interviews for the podcast
0: i actually like it it's, it's you know i think this is probably the easier part <laughs> i
1: think so right okay <laughs> You
0: shall
1: say. So far. (laughs) So far. If you just want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself, Lisa, about your, your podcast, and we'll take it from there. So my name
0: is Lisa and I started a podcast really just to use my voice and just reach out to women and empower them through fitness and health. I am a nutrition and certified running coach. So, at first, I just wanted to like educate women on running and eating right. And it's kind of like taking this whole new, it's, a, it's on a different level at this point where I'm giving that information, but I'm also providing a lot of empowerment. I'm bringing in guests that, you know, went through challenging times. And it's kind of like telling women that they're not alone, that they can overcome these challenges. And just to inspire them and motivate them, so that's kind of how the podcast came about. But I, I'm a, I'm totally enjoying it. Um, I'm a single mom to a little girl named Bella Maria. She's nine years old, and she is she's my world.
1: Oh, bless you! That sounds lovely. So I know that you've had a, a weight loss journey, and it's fantastic that you now feel able to be in a position to share that knowledge with other people. That that is that is lovely. If you just want to start by telling us more about your slimming journey, and then we can talk about about the health benefits and and all the things that go with losing weight.
0: Yes. So I wasn't, you know, when I grew up as a child, I wasn't like a really, I wasn't a chubby child. I thought I was because I, I felt like people would make some comments. But when I look at my pictures, I'm like, I was just a regular kid. But I think that there was a lot of body issues that I feel like I had because people make comments about my body, Uh, especially as a young girl, I I grew up very fast. So I was, I feel like I developed faster than the regular girl my age. So I, I had hips faster. You know, I started having that womanly shape and, you know, I felt almost embarrassed Because nobody else was growing like that. And, you know, during high school, I still didn't feel like I loved my body. I was so, I was kind of like almost ashamed to really show it. I would wear baggy clothes. And again, looking back, I thought to myself, what was I Mm -hmm. thinking? I wasn't even fat. I wasn't overweight. I wasn't, I was just an average child. Mm
1: -hmm. But I
0: think in my head, I just had this image of, of me not being um, where I would want to be, you know. I grew up in the in the '80s, where the women were very thin, and yes. you know, and they had long, straight, beautiful hair. And here I was, uh, shapely with curly, kinky, curly hair, because I'm Spanish. <laughs> so, you know, so there were those are other issues I had to deal with. Besides, you know, the body was just looking different, especially where. I lived. It was uh, it was a small town, and not a lot of people looked like me. So I went to college, and I lost a lot of weight because I was very. I'm very close to my mom, and I I missed her tremendously, and I couldn't hardly eat. And then finally I acclimated to being in college and I literally, you know, they say you gained the freshman 15. I think I gained the freshman 30. It was like, I just like, I blew up and my self-confidence, it was bad before, but wow, it was even worse because I was just bigger and I kept hiding behind the clothes I tried things. I tried every crash diet because in my mind, I thought I needed to eat less and I needed to work out more. I thought that that was the secret to losing weight. Mm-hmm. And I would go into these little crash fad diets, like the grapefruit diet, the the slim fast diet. You know, name the diet. I say I did it, and of course, I would lose maybe uh, five pounds, but then. I would go back to it again. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until maybe when I left college and I, I was in a job and I remember looking down at my feet and I couldn't see my feet. That's how big my stomach was. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not even, I'm not even 25 and I, I'm so overweight and mm-hmm. I can't see my feet and I remember somebody at my job said, oh, um, we have this thing called Weight Watchers, and we're all gonna meet it's during work time. And I'm like, well, what is this? And they're like, well, if it's if if you wanna, you know, lose weight, it's a really great group and you you talk about recipes and they help you lose weight. And I'm like, I had no idea what it was at the time. And I was like, you know what? I I really wanna do this. So I joined Weight Watchers and Oh my God. I lost a good amount of weight. It was teaching me uh, points. There was a point system at the time. So it was just teaching me making healthier decisions. It wasn't necessarily teaching me about healthy eating because I was still like looking at the points. So I was like, okay, I can only have this many points. So I'm only going to eat this many points. Um, And I started losing a lot of weight and then I started getting into running and then I started losing even more weight, but I still did not love my body. I still had, I still didn't feel comfortable. I didn't have a lot of confidence and I still wore those baggy clothes. I was like swimming in them.
1: Hmm.
0: And then I think that finally, I would say, you know, even in my thirties, I'm going through uh, the order, even in my thirties, I gained weight again. And I felt like, am I not learning? (laughs) Am I not learning anything from this? I joined Weight Watchers again, lost the weight again. And then I thought to myself, okay, now what? I lost the weight. Now, how do I maintain it? How do I do this?
1: And that's, that's the thing, isn't it, that we can go to these groups, we can lose the weight and then we can stop going and then the weight can, can come back on. And just to go back a bit about what you mentioned about in the 80s, everyone was skinny and I remember that time quite well. So what images did you find yourself surrounded by in the 80s that made you feel so, so different?
0: Well, do you remember Farrah Fawcett? I mean she she was like she was like the icon in the 80s. Yeah. She was blonde, blue eyes, light skin and skinny. Mm. And I'm like, that's not me. I have brown eyes, brown hair. I'm olive skin color, I'm darker skin and I have a hip. I have hips. Yeah. I have, you know, I have thighs. My thighs. I remember <laughs> thinking, why can't my thighs be that skinny? Why are they so big? you know yeah. and i and i would compare my thighs to other girls and i would i was just i was ashamed i i didn't mm. like that my thighs were so thick and at one point i used to wear a lot of skirts because then you couldn't right. see my thighs right oh. and i re, i even remember asking to wear uh, a girdle i mean i was a kid and i was like mom do you have like one oh, of those underwear that tucks everything <laughs> in <laughs> and she's like you don't need it and I would steal them from her she would have like these little it wasn't like an underwear it was kind of like a girdle type thing and I yeah. would steal them because that was the only way I felt uh comfortable
1: yeah and I think for girls at the moment with I don't know if you call it a role model I guess Kim Kardashian Yes. Um, she has lots of good qualities. I was not probably the kind of thing, which she does. She does have lots of good qualities. and But when you look at her shape and how she portrays her shape, it's a totally different ball game, isn't it, these days to what is considered beautiful and what we, I guess, like adhere to compared to back in the 80s. So when you was at college and you, you was gaining this weight and the weight was coming off and then going back on, was you still in the same situation where at college uh, you mentioned that at home, you didn't really, there wasn't many people that looked like you. Was that the same situation when you was at college studying?
0: Um, No, I mean, I I felt like I found my, my community of of women that looked like me, but I still felt frumpy. I, I mean, they looked like me, they had the same color skin, um, but they were skinnier than me. And then I would see how they would get attention from, from men, you know, they Mm. would get a lot of attention. No one asked me out on a date in college, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Uh, So I would say to myself, uh, in my mind, I thought, if only I would lose weight, then maybe I would get a date. Maybe I would get a date, you know? And, and that's where I, then I became just Angry about it because I thought, my God, I, I have to be that, I got to be skinny for me to get a date. Forget it, I don't want these boys. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I was still angry because it's like you're angry that you're like, I don't want them, but I'm like, why can't they look at me like they look at her? You know? Um, so, even though I was in a community of women that were, that looked like me, that were Spanish and they had, you know, curly hair, I still didn't feel, I didn't. Feel feel comfortable I still felt like an outsider
1: yeah and it's an important time isn't it you want to feel accepted Mm -hmm. you want to you want to grow but you want to be seen you want you know it's a time to be visible isn't it you want to be seen and you felt that you wasn't getting that attention so what action plan did you put into place at college did you just feel that okay it's not worth my time the guys aren't worth my time and I'll just leave it what was was the action plan so
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the action plan was basically, you know, if I look back, I think to myself, you know, I was so lost. I didn't know where to begin. That was, I think that was a problem. I was like so overwhelmed with all these emotions and how I was feeling about myself. Like I just felt lost and I was like, where do I begin? Should I start running? I mean, I hated running. Should I start like go and go on a crash diet, I I just felt lost. And I think I was kind of like a hermit crab where I just, I mean, I was sociable. I hung out with all Mm -hmm. the, you know, all the girls, we'd go out, we'd still go out. But I never really like put myself out there to, to show who I really was. And, you know, I did have one boyfriend in college that took notice of me. And it, you know, looking back, I think that at first, I didn't even believe it. I was like, "Why is he, why me, of mm-hmm. all people? Why me?" And I still had such low self-esteem. Even after I had that boyfriend, I still, in my mind, didn't love myself. I didn't like the way my body was. I still was even um, ashamed of it. That, you know, I didn't walk around with my bikini at the house. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still didn't wanna. Uh, have him see my body. I was so you know conscious of my body, Mm. and that the just in my head, the image of my body, what I thought it was, is just negative, just bad. So, there was no plan. It was just like, Well, um, I'm just gonna stick to myself, and you know, I'm just gonna get through, get by, and exist. I want to say that's what I did. I existed, I wasn't living, I didn't live it up like I should have. No, and you know, I got the boyfriend, but even that, I still didn't, it still did not feed what I needed to love myself.
1: No. And, you know, we look back at those times, don't we, in the, the old photographs and, and we, I guess we could remember those feelings quite vividly. And when you look at the photographs, you kind of think, what the hell was I thinking? You know, what was going through my mind that, you know, I couldn't love myself at that point, you know, it's, it's just crazy that the stories that we choose to take on board like a backpack and carry them with us. So having left college and going into the real world, how did that feel, still feeling kind of low with your self-esteem? Does it serve you well or did you feel that it just dragged you down a little?
0: Oh, it was bad. it got got worse. You know, the boyfriend, the relationship ended and I gained even more weight. I was, I was an emotional eater. You know, I, I fed my feelings through food. So when I wasn't feeling happy or I was sad, I used food as, you know, as medicine to comfort me. But it was bad because I got to the point where, you know, in your 20s, everybody's dating. Everyone's going out to the clubs. Everyone's dancing. And although I did do those things, nobody reached out to me. No one asked me to dance. They would ask my girlfriends to dance. And no one asked me to dance. And I just accepted it. Like, I'm just going to be the that girl, the girl that's just going to be hanging out. I would go into these clubs or go out with them thinking, I'm just here to have a good time. That's all. Yeah. I'm not yeah. here to meet anybody because in my mind, I'm like, I'm never going to meet anybody. because <laughs> They're not going to ask me to dance. So, you know, my girlfriends would all have numbers back then when we didn't have cell number, you know, cell phones, they would get all these numbers from guys. And I was just like, okay, just another night out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I can't imagine that you know I mean you're stunning you're beautifully stunning that you would think these these things of, of yourself and often I'll see on on Instagram the face is it face face Friday where they put like an older photograph of the bigger self and then the I still think you know you can look at those photographs you can look at those images and to me you can still recognize that person that person is still beautiful or you know attractive or handsome you still see that is that person but we hold on them. we grab onto these these negative feelings about ourselves, and you know beauty is not just in our body or what we see at face value there's so much more to beauty and obviously you had a, a group of friends and they could see that from going to the clubs with your friends how did your self-esteem develop as a lady in the 20s did you kind of feed it? Did you nurture your self-esteem? Did you take any self-care measures to kind of lift yourself up a little bit and, uh, and walk taller?
0: Claire, no, it was bad. It was <laughs> it was bad because I got angry and I was angry. Right. I became angry. And if someone even looked at me, I would say, what are you looking at? Like, why are you looking at me? Because I thought they're looking at me because I'm fat. They're looking at me because something's wrong with me. They're looking at me because you know, uh, there's something on my face or something like that. And I remember um, many times I many times there would be people that would stare at me and I would say, can I help you? What are you looking at? And, <laughs> and like, how rude am I to be like that? And many times they would say, oh, my God, I'm looking at you because you're beautiful. Or where are you from? You have a very exotic look. And I'm like, Ugh. and I'm like thinking in my mind, they're just saying that and i would just walk away so i just became very angry and i i think i didn't really think highly of myself i was just existing i if i think about it it was almost as if i was just this boat on a on an ocean just like like a buoy just mm. going with the waves and just thinking all right, this is my life, wherever it goes, because I I don't really love the way I look. And and it wasn't that I didn't try. There was times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do this. And then I went in so hard that I would hurt myself. Or I'm going to eat healthy this week, and I'm not going to eat as much. But I went in it too hard that by the end of the week, I was like, oh, my God, I'm starving, or this ain't going to work, or I don't like this. Um, so I would try hard and then because I tried too hard, it failed on me and it didn't work. And then I felt lost and I felt, then I would say what I hear a lot of other women say, maybe I'm just not meant to be the shape that I want to be. Maybe this is just my life.
1: Mm. Yeah. So you was quite a, a negative pattern and you didn't believe or trust that people were saying those compliments, it wasn't coming from a nice place. And like you said, you was there bobbing around on the water. You just was accepting it. At what point did you find your anchor? At what point did you actually stop and think, actually, maybe I could regain control of my health. Maybe my body is not meant to be like this and maybe I can live in a healthy body.
0: Well, I would say it didn't happen until... I had my daughter and I had a divorce. That's when it happened because at the time I was a considered in in, around here, an older mom because I was 36, 37. And I said to myself, I have to live for a long time for this kid. Like I need to be, I want to be here for her. And when I had the divorce, I had a choice, either I'm going to lay down and die or I'm going to make this happen for me. you know i when I had my daughter, I was tipping the scale at i think I said two hundred and fifteen pounds and now i'm I'm only five four that's a lot of weight mm. and when i had the divorce I was slowly losing the weight but I wasn't healthy I wasn't doing it healthy my mindset wasn't there where I was thinking oh I I still love I really love myself like I was still in that mindset of I'm just gonna lose weight and I wasn't really working on my mind Mm. and it wasn't until I had the divorce where I felt like I need to take care of myself because I need to be here for this child as long as I can and that is when everything's just started coming into play, where I started realizing that this was more of my mental issue, that this was really more of, I needed to look at myself in the mirror and say, okay, you are amazing. My God, you just brought life into this world you know, you are an amazing woman, you went through a lot, and you're still standing. And I had to almost learn how to love myself. I got to learn how to love myself.
1: Yeah.
0: And then once I felt that it's, it was crazy, because once I started enjoying the way I felt inside, it started almost like it came out, like, you know, I walked around with a smile. My, my, my back was straight. I wasn't looking on the floor, you know, at the floor all the time. And I would even say, good morning. You know, I would even like talk to people and you know, if someone looked at me, I'd be like, you know, <laughs> wave at them. Like, like, what are you looking at? You know, I was just like, you know, I was just, I felt like who I really was meant to be like burst out like a, like a star mm-hmm. and When that happened, I learned, like, I started really learning about foods, like what agreed with me, because even I was eat the way I was eating in the, before I found out I was, I had a gluten sensitivity that I didn't know that I had that. I had food allergies that I didn't even know I had, which can explain a lot of my bloat for the last 40 plus years. And I started really learning about how to eat right. I learned about, you know, working out was not about losing weight working out was about feeling good mentally working out was like my Prozac yes you know? so when I run it wasn't like I'm running because I want to lose weight I'm running because I want to free my mind and I need to declutter it and and you know regain some peace and it's almost like meditative for me
1: right so I have realized that you need to keep well for your daughter it, it sounds a uh, I know we all know that relationship breakdowns, it can be horrendous and heavy, but it, you know, it really does feel like a, a weight was lifted. Well,
0: so the way it happened for me, it was, I was not happy for a while. And because I had low self-esteem, I married the first man that really paid attention to me. I mean, that's really, when I think back, I felt like he was the one Cause I didn't think I could get anybody. And I, I felt like I settled and I knew it even to the day when I went to the altar, I was feeling like this was not, I shouldn't be doing this, but because I was in my late thirties or in my mid thirties, I was, I had to do it. I felt pressure that I needed to be married because that's what everybody else does in their thirties. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And I, I settled. And so even in that relationship, I wasn't happy and to the point where i got really sick where i couldn't eat and i had a lot of stomach issues and i'll i'm going to say the last 2 years of my marriage it was all stomach issues like constantly just constantly and looking back i realized that there is that mind gut connection not feeling good about yourself not feeling like you needed to be in this relationship and i got sick but when he left because he left first because i was afraid to leave because i was afraid of what he would do or how what he would react because i had our daughter and i was almost staying because of our daughter i, mm-hmm. I didn't want her to i didn't want her to grow up in a in a home where i was a single parent because that's what i was thinking in my mind that that was yeah. that was a negative thing so i stayed even though i was miserable and he finally left me which was a big pill to swallow because I was like, oh, he left me? Wow. <laughs> so, okay. You know, um, and my ego, you know, it, was, it bruised my ego a bit. And then, then knowing that I failed at a relationship, I had to go through a lot of therapy to find who I was because it was such an abusive, emotionally abusive relationship. I lost who I was. I forgot who I was. So like when I say I was that shot, that star bursting out, it was because I was so lost, didn't know who I was. I had to my, love myself again and relearn who I was. What did I like? I remember the therapist saying to me, you know, now that you are going through this process, this is a time for self-reflection and time for you to, to you know, do things that you like to do. And I'm like, like what? She goes, don't you have things that you like to do? And I'm like, um, I don't know. Like, I was so lost.
1: Yeah, so detached.
0: Right. And I had to, and the only thing I went to was running because I was like, okay, I did it before and I, I enjoyed it. And that was my go-to. And running, honestly, saved me. Because it was my therapy outside of therapy. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. yeah. So that's kind of how that all happened. Where, you know, the end of the relationship is what I mean. It's what gave me the uh, the the time to do that self reflection, and yeah. to really learn what I I needed to learn to love myself.
1: That's it. Uh, and I think when you've you've been in an emotionally abusive relationship, um, like a codependent relationship. Uh, it's it's heavy isn't it and it's almost like and I don't know if you can relate to this but when you get up in the morning you can't just get up in the morning and feel what you're feeling you have to get up in the morning and then check it's almost like I have to check the corners of the room see how the other one's feeling see how they're reacting and then you can then choose the emotions that you're allowed I guess allowed to feel because you can't Openly express emotions when you're in a codependent relationship because when you're with somebody that maybe expresses anger or is is upset about the way you are or other things, you have to you have to check you have to check the. It's almost like tasting the air, isn't it? Let's just (laughs) see. I wake up. Let's see what's happening, and yeah, I can then choose what I can do today or how I behave, or maybe I need to be quiet or maybe I have to keep things down because the other one's not happy. And And that's how it feels, and you you just get totally detached from from yourself, so having left that behind, having recognized that you'd had these issues with the food and intolerances and getting back into running, and having this this focus, how did that bring you to heal your issues with the food, so where in the past? You mentioned you'd gone to Weight Watchers, but you didn't really learn about nutrition. How did that bring you to the place of feeling, actually, this is what I need to eat. This is what helps me to keep well. And this is how I need to to be focused around my around my fitness. I just want to talk us through a little bit about that process and how you have grown to accept that this is what works for you.
0: Yeah. So I think that it came down to being open to new things because I think that you go into this journey and say I want to lose weight but you go into it saying I want to lose weight but I want to do it the way I want to do it and I wasn't open to doing it differently I was stubborn in my mind you know Mm -hmm. I wanted it quick I wanted I wanted it to happen quickly and I wasn't open to different types of food or different things, or I wouldn't believe that that was what I needed to do. So I think that for me, after I came to this like conclusion where I needed to take better care of myself, I started listening to podcasts about nutrition. Mm-hmm and learning just about foods and how it works in the digestive system and really getting into the science of it. I, you know, I have a science background and I went to school for biology, but no one teaches you how to implement it in real life. So, you know, (laughs) it's like I have a, I'm a bio major, but how how do I apply that to my real life? And it was almost like relearning all of that. So I started getting excited because I love science. And when I would listen to these podcasts about nutrition and they would talk about, you know these types of foods would help you um, be healthier. What what are the benefits? Like my mind was just exploding. I remember I would be taking notes. Like I would li- be listening to all these different podcasts about nutrition, weight loss, and I would take literally take notes because it was so it was amazing information, and I wanted to apply it to myself. So after I would take all the notes, I would then like wait until the end of the week and put my notes together, and then come up with how I was going to start eating, and how I was going to try out different foods. And then that's when I started learning about meal prepping, like planning ahead on how to eat, because that was another thing. I was a single mom. I was busy. I didn't have time to like make these elaborate dinners. And, you know, I'm also not a meat eater, and my daughter is. (laughs) So, you know, I had to plan everything. And once I realized, that this can happen for me and I, I can plan it and I just had to take those little baby steps and I had to be open to it, then, you know, it started, it's, it was like a snowball effect. But it literally started with reading about it, listening to podcasts, watching shows on Netflix about nutrition. I was just in awe and it was like this awakening Because then I realized, oh my God, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Oh my God, I thought if you worked out and worked out really hard, that that was the answer. And here it was, the answer wasn't the working out. The answer was the food, the eating, the food. And then of course, I realized I was an emotional eater and then recognizing that. So I would sit and say, okay, am I hungry? Am I really hungry? Or is it because I'm, I'm pissed off? Like, what is it? Like, why am I going to those not- nacho chips? You know? So I started thinking, okay, wow, I'm overeating because I'm not even hungry. And I was about to eat a bag of chips. So then I started hiding the chips or, you know, because I, you know, my daughter, wanted her to enjoy her life and bought her a couple things. But then I would make it difficult for me to get to it because that's what I would do. I would get angry. I would get upset and I would go straight to the kitchen and I would just grab whatever I could and start yeah. eating. Yeah. And when I started like doing that, slowly but surely, I started buying less and less of that to the point where I remember calling my mom and saying, I'm stressed out. And she's like, Okay. And I'm like, I don't have anything to eat. And she goes, You just went grocery shopping. And I said, Yeah, but there's no nacho chips. I have apples, bananas, vegetables. And I was like, This is only this is the only thing I can eat when I'm stressed out. <laughs> so it, it actually worked to my favor and it was just implementing these little habits yeah. that it, it, it just seemed the benefit of it. My stomach was not bloated anymore. I mm. felt good about myself. It, uh, my face was just different. My body was different. The scale, I didn't focus on the scale. I just focused on my, how my body would shrink. And even though the number on the scale didn't change, that didn't mean that I was changing inside.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's when I I hardly weigh myself. I don't really rely on the scale and I rely on just how I feel.
1: Mm. Wow. And if you could bottle that and sell that, that would be amazing, wouldn't it?
0: Priceless.
1: It really really would be priceless.
0: I'd be a millionaire. (laughs) You would be.
1: (laughs) Recognizing the foods that, that you've got the allergies with and having this, obviously, this overall with your diet, what, what changes did you notice apart from those that you mentioned about, you know, you don't get on the scales, which is fantastic. So what were the main changes?
0: It was definitely my skin. I didn't, I didn't break out as much. Um, my hair grew. Like I was, I would always like have thin hair and it grew. Like it was just like growing like weeds and... <sighs> it was just like, you know, as an older woman, you know, that's what happens. You Your hair becomes thinning. And in my late thirties, early forties, it was growing so long. I just felt, oh, my nails, my nails would grow. My nails always would break. remember that. Yes. And then my nails would grow. Um, but I just felt, I think if anything, it was the mental part of it. And I know When I do cheat, because I do have cheat meals, and I would say, okay, I'm going to plan for this cheat meal. And when I do go to a meal that I haven't had in a long time, but I kind of want to have a taste, it doesn't sit well with me. It just doesn't make me feel good. I don't feel good about myself. I just... You know, they talk about how food has this mental impact. I really believe it because when I don't eat well, I don't feel well.
1: No. And it's interesting what you said about looking into nutrition of foods where I I follow in the UK a plan called Slimming World. So and it's, it's all, you know, it's all nutritionally sound. But when you actually look into certain food groups like pasta, so for example, on the Slimming World plan, you can have pasta as much as you want or you can work dairy into it you've planned there's lots of things it's 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 probably the least restrictive plan that you could you could be on Um, but there's a high focus on foods that that are very low in calories such as like vegetables and fruits but it's interesting what you said about foods and learning about foods and how they react with your body so irrespective of calories or fat or anything like that and and I do find that sometimes I can have a meal such as pasta and then afterwards I can feel just really really bloated so to the point where it just feels uncomfortable and I'm thinking that meal was healthy you know I put vegetables in the meal it was a balanced meal it wasn't a a big portion but that having pasta can just make you feel bloated and I think i don't know it's quite frustrating just that you can have one meal and it makes your belly look like a a balloon Mm -hmm. um but it's really interesting when, when you do get into foods and learning about those foods so how have you found dairy in your diet does that react with you or is it the highly processed carbs that you found don't agree with your body
0: funny that you say that, Claire, because dairy does not work with me anymore. I realized that it's something that contributed to a lot of my bloat. And I literally, I mean, I could have cheese. I love cheese. (laughs) So, you know, but I can't have like straight milk. I changed to almond milk. Um, And it made a huge difference because if I had, and it's funny because you'll know when you can't quantify how much dairy is in foods. Like if I go out to have ice cream, I can go and have ice cream at some places that I'm like, fine, I'm good. I'll go to another place and I'm sick to my stomach because I don't know what additives they put in. I don't know how much. You know, dairy is in there. Is it a whole is it whole milk? Is it half milk? You know, one percent, two percent, I don't know. And I already know in my mind what places I can go to have ice cream because I will get sick to my stomach where I feel nauseous. And then eggs, I can't do eggs anymore. I do egg whites. Um, so I just started realizing how it would make me feel because I think at the time when I would eat these foods and they didn't make me feel good. I just brushed it away. Like, Oh, okay. Something didn't, you know, react. I just reacted bad, but I wasn't realizing that my, I wasn't listening to my body. I wasn't listening to what it was telling me saying, no, don't give me this again because I ha I always had eggs, and I could have a hard boiled egg, but for some reason, if it's like, uh, over easy or even scrambled, something about it just makes me Sick to my stomach, Mm. Um, but I think that what it was through this journey, it was not only listening to my body regarding the foods, but regarding everything, even with people, even just listening to my body. How does Mm. it react? How does it feel in certain environments? How does it, it? I think if I could sum it all out, it's it was really about truly focusing on me and and realizing when we you know there is that food part of it but everything else in life because I feel like everything is connected like I'll tell you if I'm in a relationship that I don't feel like something's I will get sick my I could feel it in my stomach I would get Uh nauseous and when I start feeling that I now when I feel that first you know moment in my my stomach I said okay this is not good for me. I must step back. I need yeah. to reevaluate yeah. this. So I do it not, it started with food, but then I, you know, slowly implemented with everything in my life.
1: Definitely. They talk about don't they, the gut reaction and trust your gut. And people will say, I'm not spiritual. I'm not religious, but then, you know, they'll, they'll trust the gut and the gut feeling. And there's a lot to be said for trusting your gut and just your, your own intuition and and being guided with that and making the, those right choices and having left a relationship that wasn't fruitful, then you do have to you have to re- relearn these things and learn to kind of trust yourself again, don't you? Mm-hmm. And that's all come with self-love. Now being a lady who's a single parent and you're working, you're a busy lady, um I'm gonna ask you the question I asked Ruth on my live call last night um, regarding self-care and if you just want to list the top reasons you neglect taking self care for yourself at the moment
0: well i remember that when i was going through therapy you know going through the divorce and trying to learn relearn to l- love myself again i remember you know the therapist saying how i had to start learning to take care of myself and do things for me and i looked at her like what the heck are you talking about? I'm a mom. Are you kidding me? I got to take care of this baby. I got to take care of this little girl. And she said to me, you're no good to her if you're not good with yourself. Mm-hmm. And when she said that, I was like, oh, wow, that is so true. So for me, running is my thing. Running, working out is, I don't look at working out and running as a, a, a to lose weight, I look at it as that is that is my self-care. Because I know my mom will say, oh, you're running too much. You're doing, no, late." this is my self-care. This is what I need. And I already have it in my mind the days that I'm going to run. Now, if I don't run and I don't work out, my daughter will tell me, you're in a bad mood. She'll say, you're in a bad mood. Something's wrong. Um, I'll feel it all day that I'm just off. That is so important. But there's times where I just have to, like, you know, sacrifice it for a day. But that is it. I will sacrifice it for the day. But the next day, I'm back on it. I cannot do it for longer than that. Because if I do that, then I'm not going to be a good parent. And I'm not going to be a good mother to my daughter. And I do it because I want to be a good parent. I want to be a good mom. I want to be a good person to myself. So I have to give that to myself, that time because then I can give fully to her. I can give yes. her all the wonderful gifts that I have to give to her because I feel amazing. She'll see it. The minute I come from a run, my face is just glowing. I feel like I'm on top of the world. And I'm like, hey, honey, what do you <laughs> want to do today? And she knows that I'm just bursting. Now, yeah.
1: if I don't do that, <laughs> I don't, it's not good. <laughs> no, no. You've lost a total of five stone. I know you said you don't focus on the weight, but that is a lot of weight to lose. How does it feel now that you're in a healthy body? You now you spoke about walking with your head down and not taking the compliments on board. If you just want to talk us through the, the change in yourself and your confidence, because you, you, you know you're beaming from ear to ear, so I can I can see that you know, the confidence is definitely there. And I've heard the podcast and it, it's definitely there. Absolutely. 100%. So just want to talk us through a little bit about that and the changes that you have found.
0: Well, I'm smiling because today I posted a picture of me in a bikini and I have not worn Did, a bikini. Yeah. Yes. I've not worn a bikini. My stomach has not seen daylight <laughs> since the, since I was 10 years old. So I put it on and I looked at myself and I said, oh, my God, I look amazing. I mean, I look amazing for me. You know, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what they say. This is my body and I love it. And I I just can look at myself and, you know, I don't have a perfect body. I can sit down and just look at me and say, you look good. And I just Absolutely. feel amazing,
1: you and do, I think but it, you do that that's the thing you do well, really, it, really do look really well. this new confidence and that you're able to to pose in a bikini on Instagram, if we would have told you this you know five years ago, what, what, what would you <laughs>
0: Claire, It's so funny you say that because that's exactly what I said to myself when I was taking the photo. <laughs> I said, if anyone ever said to me that I was going to put a bikini on for the world to see. I would have been like hell no that ain't happening. And look at me. I'm like, "Oh, should I should I show a little, you know, backside? Should I show You know, <laughs> I I am just so proud of myself. And so you, you know, be. and so even if be. I didn't even go further or if I wanted to define more muscles, cuz I do want to define more, but even if I didn't like right now, I love my body.
1: And it's it's lovely to hear such a fantastic positive message thank you so much lisa for joining me today it's been an absolute pleasure and if anybody's looking for inspiration just go over and look at this bikini photo because (laughs) honest to god you will be you will have the body envy she looks amazing in this bikini and to think that lisa once had these these feelings of not not feeling that she fitted in and and feeling insecure it's just yeah just shows you what is possible when you really truly focus and and put your mind to it It just shows you what is possible thank you so much Lisa for joining me thank you
0: Claire I love this opportunity I love talking to you this was amazing
1: you're welcome take care I really did love doing this episode with Lisa and she's got a great energy about her and if you can take one thing from this episode today I just want you to just stop and think what is possible so even with Lisa having had years of rubbish self-talk with her self-esteem on the ground, she was able to to challenge that and pick herself up. And that wasn't in her in teens, in her 20s, and her 30s. She's done this in her 40s. And it's not too late. We can change the corner. We can rewrite our life script. And it doesn't have to be the way it's always been. There's always hope. There's always a way that we can turn things around. And if you're struggling with your weight loss, if you've had a bad week, then There's always tomorrow, there's always a new day and we don't have to accept all of the negative self-talk that we've given us over the years. We just don't have to do it. And I hope Lisa has helped you to recognise that, that there is hope and that there are tools out there to help us. And they're free, you know, running is free. And how many guests have I had on now that have said, you know, the benefits, the health benefits of running How many guests have said that running has helped to challenge their mental health and has turned their life around quite literally? And Lisa is another guest that has has found the fantastic benefits of running. If you feel that you can't go for a run, just start and go out for a walk. Get yourself out of those four walls, you know. Don't feel that this dreaded COVID is the prime time to be sat watching Netflix and Sky and all those crap things that we we just use to to nurture ourselves when you know netflix is great it's a great escapism and tv is fantastic but we need to be moving when we move our bodies we have so many benefits for our health and we need to not get stuck in a rut and not to absorb like a sponge all of this negativity we we can do more and running is fantastic i can't run at the moment But I have started to go for a little walk, (laughs) quite a a slow walk, um, just because my back's really off at the moment. And I'm not going to accept that this has happened and it's going to stop my life. What I have accepted is it's a bit rubbish. I'm feeling, you know, pained by it. But it's not going to, you know, put a full stop into 2020. It's just happened and I need to accept it but I also need to recognise that this could really send me down a a negative spiral. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to let that get me into a really negative headspace. So this week, I rejoined Slimming World. My normal class is out of bounds. It's too full, so I can't go back. And to be honest, I don't think I could sit for a full hour and off. But what I've done is I've joined Slimming World online. And I think just by setting my new intentions for the the rest of the year I just feel that has lifted me that has given me a bit of a boost and by eating healthy foods and by nurturing my body instead of feeding it with crap then I feel that I'm on a better a better foot than I was a couple of weeks ago when I felt really really low and really negative negative. and we've just got to challenge we've just got to stand up and keep going and keep going and you know we'll we'll hear the negative stuff We've got to find tools to help us through our health and fitness journeys because it could be that the group stop and that we're going to be going back into lockdown. But running is free. Running and walking is free. We can do it on our own. We can do it in small groups, but it is a free resource. And there's lots of things on YouTube that are free that can help us and guide us into the best way forward with running and walking. If you go over to Lisa's Instagram account, you'll see lots and lots of support on there if you want to start your running journey. So if this is something that you thought, actually, I've really wanted to start running, but I've not really taken the action, I hope that today's episode has given you that bit of a boost to do just that. So until next time, you take care, have a great week and thank you so much for the support that you've given me on a, on a constant. I've had some lovely feedback this week. And I really do appreciate the time that you've taken to send me these DMs. It really does mean a lot. Until next time, you take care. And thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Sill Stories.